It's now my privilege and pleasure to introduce today's speaker. It's Nikki. She has a fantastic message for us today, which I know will be challenging, will be inspirational and will help us to grow as disciples. I've already listened to it and I know that it has challenged me. So why don't we open our hearts, our minds and our spirits to receive all that God has for us today? Good morning. It's great to be with you this morning. I have had this song just reverberating in my brain for the last few weeks and it's got louder and louder every time I've watched the news. It's got louder and louder every time I've been on social media. It's got louder and louder as I've engaged with different conversations lately. I know that this song was written before pretty much all of our youth were born back in 2003. It's a song by the Black Eyed Peas and it asks a pivotal question. Where is the love? And as I look around our world right now and as I look closer to home too, I am alarmed by the lack of love that I'm seeing. We are in this place right now where we are so divided. We're so isolated. We're so separated. It feels as though there's this enormous agenda rising up that wants to push us apart. It tells us that we either have to be in this camp or in that camp. We're either this or we're that. We vote this way, we vote that way. If we don't hold this opinion, then we must hold that opinion. We are so polarised right now. Where is the love? It's the question that's burning in my heart. It's probably burning in your heart. It's definitely burning in God's heart. Now, last week, Pete and I shared vision for our network and we talked about three strands to our vision, one of which is building bridges. And today I want to think about what it means for us to be those bridge builders. If I were to give a short sentence that summarised my message this morning, it would be this. In a world that wants to build walls, be a bridge builder. What do bridges do? Well, bridges connect where everybody else is busy building these walls of defence, these walls of blame, these walls of reproach and judgment. Bridges connect. You see, bridges bring together two land masses that would otherwise be entirely disconnected. They span the chasm. Bridges cross the divide. They take those things, those situations, those people that look like they could never be reconciled, never be joined as one, never come together. And they join them. Bridges overcome obstacles. Bridges overcome distance. They overcome separation. They overcome loneliness. I don't think that there's been a time in our history where bridges have been more needed than now. Those bridges of love, those people that will somehow refuse to be cornered into this game of polar opposites and who instead will lay their lives down to join us together in a beautiful place of connection with God and with one another. When we think about sharing Jesus, we often want a step-by-step how-to guide. And I think we overcomplicate things, if I'm honest. 
there are these two beautiful verses tucked away in John 13. And it's where Jesus is hanging out with his disciples. He's sharing a meal with them and he's preparing them for the fact that he's shortly headed to the cross and he's going to be leaving them. And in the midst of it all, Jesus shares the most simple, the most powerful and the most profound strategy for sharing him with others. It's so easy and yet it's so, so challenging. Let's take a look together at John 13 verses 34 and 35. I'm reading from the message translation. Let me give you a new command. Love one another. In the same way I loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognise that you are my disciples, when they see the love you have for each other. And I'm just going to pick up verse 35 again and read it this time from the New Living Translation. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Wow, I love these verses because contained within them, Jesus is basically saying, look, there's one thing that's needed here. There's one thing that is going to show the world who and whose you are, who you represent, who you stand for, who you follow. And it's not your eloquent words and it's not your events. It's this, the way you love each other. If you can truly love others in the way that I've loved you, the world will know who you follow. Man, it's so releasing, it's such a relief, but it's also the most enormous challenge because I can only look at my own life and say, there are plenty of moments where I do not represent Jesus well when it comes to loving other people. And I'm sure that if you search yourself, you would say the same thing. Building bridges of love is what's needed in our society right now. We are called to be those bridge builders who will, instead of being backed into this place of building walls of division, walls of separation, walls of isolation, be those who say, no, we refuse to do that. We're going to build bridges of love from one life into another, from one heart into another. So today I want to look at three qualities of bridge building love. What does it look like to love one another well? How do we do that? Well, the first quality of bridge building love is friendship and acceptance. It sounds like such a simple thing to do, but as I look at my social media, as I'm asking that question, where is the love? I'm not just looking at the world outside. I can see this polarization, this division, seeping into the church with a capital C, seeping into those who love and follow Jesus, and it's giving me alarm bells. You see, Jesus made a way for every single one of us to become friends with God. When he died on the cross, he dealt with everything that could ever separate us from the love of God. And watching Jesus's life throughout the New Testament, you have to admit his friendship group was unlikely. 
He didn't hang out with the kind of people you would associate with a Jewish rabbi. You would find Jesus with the undesirables, with those who didn't look like him, who didn't act like him, who didn't think like him. Friends, haven't we got a lot to learn when it comes to friendship and acceptance? Question, how well do I love those who don't look like me, who don't think like me, who don't behave like me. How we answer that question right now is pivotal and it's crucial for building those bridges of love into those around us and into our world. And the thing that breaks my heart most right now as a leader in the body of Christ is that I see a lot of followers of Jesus falling out with each other over the things that separate us rather than uniting in friendship around the unconditional love that unites us. It's a big challenge for us not to become a product of our culture, but to be those bridge builders in a world that wants to build walls. I wonder if we're in danger sometimes of making a God, small g, of our opinions, our preferences, or our worldview. If we, as those who love Jesus, cannot love each other above and beyond our differences or our disagreements, I wonder what kind of love we're representing to the world around us. If we can't love each other beyond our personal preferences or opinions, What kind of example are we setting to the world when it comes to the love of God? And if we who follow and love Jesus can't love each other more than our entrenched viewpoints, heaven help our neighbours. I don't know about you. I'm just so tired of seeing those who say they love Jesus splinter and separate due to these peripheral issues. I think we do pretty well as this, as a church, and I love that about our family. But I can honestly say it's time for us to get building those bridges of friendship and acceptance towards each other like never before. Who's in your friendship group? And more importantly, who's not in your friendship group? Can you surround yourself increasingly with those who don't think like you, who don't look like you, who may not act like you, but who desperately deserve to receive the fullness of the love and acceptance of Jesus? Friendship and acceptance. The next quality of bridge building love is vulnerability. And I love this one because sometimes I think as Christians, we have this false idea, this ridiculous notion that we need to have all the answers, all the knowledge, all the expertise, that we need to be seeing incredible things happening all the time to represent Jesus well. We don't think we can look weak. But I'm learning that people don't connect so much to our strength or our superior knowledge. They connect to our vulnerability. They connect to our humanity. They connect to our hearts. Vulnerability is a beautiful display of love. It creates connection, just like a bridge from my life to your life. Vulnerability creates space for real, authentic relationship. It allows others to see beyond the exterior wall of my life. 
that may look all together, that may appear solidly constructed or breathtakingly beautiful. Vulnerability invites people behind that exterior wall and it exposes them to the cracks, the brokenness, the pressure points, the weakness that's truly there on the inside. Jesus was amazing at vulnerability. He had no issue looking weak. The God of the universe, the one who flung the stars into space, hung on a cross, brutalized by those he had created. It doesn't get more vulnerable than that. He stayed silent in the face of his critics. And I love what Pete Gregg said in the interview last weekend for More at Home about the fact that Jesus is rarely found sitting on his throne, although he could. He prefers to lay aside his majesty, lay aside his power and serve, giving and loving from a position of vulnerability. That's the God we worship. That's the God we represent. That's the God we follow. Have you ever wondered why, when people came to Jesus clearly needing answers to enormous questions or solutions to enormous problems in their life, Jesus often asked them questions. I've always wondered why he did that. Why does he not just give them the solution? He was a busy man. He didn't have a load of time. Surely he could have just done the miracle and sent them on their way or given them the answer and sent them on their way. But instead, you find Jesus asking questions. Think about the pool of Bethesda where Jesus healed the paralyzed man. Before he does anything, he looks at this guy who's been sitting by the pool for 38 years. It's clear what these, this guy needs. But Jesus doesn't just get on with the job. He asks him a question. Do you want to be made well? Honestly, it looks like a really insensitive question. But in that moment, Jesus is making himself vulnerable. He's not coming in with the guy who has all the answers and knows what this guy needs. He's inviting this guy into a process of exchange, of dialogue. He wants to know his story. He wants to treat him with dignity. It's such a beautiful example of listening and loving well. Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? As if it isn't obvious. But again, it's an invitation for this guy to share his story. And then there's this beautiful moment where Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. He's a rabbi. She's a woman. Not only that, she's a Samaritan woman. This is putting Jesus in the most enormous position of vulnerability. This is an eyebrow raising moment. And he asks her a question. Will you give me a drink? Jesus knows everything about her. He knows everything she's ever done. She says that later on and he goes on to tell her, but he doesn't come in that way. He doesn't come in with the answers. He doesn't come in with all the inside knowledge. Instead, he makes himself even more vulnerable by asking her to do something for him. That is amazing vulnerability. Instead of saying, I know what you need and here's the solution, Jesus engages in a meaningful exchange with each of these people. I think we've got stuff we can learn. 
You know, listening to others, allowing them to tell their story, not coming in with our presuppositions, our pre-rehearsed text. That's the way to truly love others and to be vulnerable. And then, of course, at Gethsemane, there's this moment where Jesus is with his disciples and he is wrestling. He is in absolute agony. He knows where he's headed. He knows that the choice facing him is to go to death and he is in agony. He doesn't keep his disciples at arm's length in that moment. He allows them to see his weakness, his struggle, the depth of his grief. That's our God. Vulnerability creates connection. That's what bridges of love do too. Let's be those who model vulnerability, who love others well enough to listen, to engage with their story, to allow them to see our pain, our agony, our wrestle, our struggle. And finally, the last quality of bridge building love is humility. You see, right now we're in a world that wants us to build walls of pride and walls of prejudice. And so often, if we're honest, as the church with a capital C, we're guilty of doing that. We spend too much time pointing fingers of blame and judgment, moralizing at people, standing on our high horse when we don't have it all together. But a bridge has one sole purpose, to lay its life down so that others can walk across it. There's nothing glamorous about being a bridge builder. There's nothing glamorous about laying your life down. It is one act of nailing my life to the cross after another, daily. But it's worth it. Because in the act of laying our life down, we create that opportunity for others to find a place of connection in love with Jesus. No, being a bridge is not glamorous. It's nailing our ego to the cross every single day. It's allowing our right to be right, to be less important than our need to love people well so that they can find love for themselves. They can walk across the bridge of our life and discover love unconditionally, life in all its fullness. Friends, our job is to connect other people to the love of God, to bridge the chasm, those walls that everybody wants to build. And with that, there comes this enormous risk. You see, in so doing, people might well walk over us and never thank us. They might just walk all over us. They might never notice or acknowledge the bridge that we built with our lives. They might ne never choose to follow the God that we believe in. Building a bridge is the ultimate act of sacrifice. It's the ultimate act of humility. Laying down our lives out of love for another person. Right now, there are so many walls of pride and prejudice that want to lure us away from our call to be bridge builders. In this egocentric society where every, everything revolves around self, our pride so often gets in the way of us loving others well. Sometimes in the need to exert our opinion or to be proven right, we can become wrong 
because we fail to put loving another person unconditionally above our pride, above our prejudice. Our beautiful Jesus turned pride on its head. He laid his life down in humility, one act at a time, serving others, healing others, meeting needs, washing feet, loving without limits. And it culminated at the cross, where in the most beautiful act of humility and surrender, the God of the universe laid his life down died to himself, sacrificed it all in order to build a bridge of connection between us and our dad in heaven so that relationship could be restored. Jesus was the ultimate bridge builder. He purchased reconciliation for us and he modeled humility on another level, king of the universe laying his life down on a cross, dying in agony, making his final prayer, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He didn't just lay his life down for those who would love him, those who would follow him. He laid his life down for those who would never love him and never follow him. That is the ultimate example of humility. So today, the challenge is on for us. Where is the love? Where is the love? How are we going to be those who build bridges of love in friendship and acceptance, in vulnerability and in humility? I want to leave us with three questions and I invite you to spend some time journaling with Jesus this week. Or if you're part of a life group, talk about this in your life group. Will my love for others supersede differences and disagreements? Will our love for others supersede our opinions and our need to be right? Will our love for others supersede our preferences and even our prejudices? It's time for us to turn the world upside down. Let everybody know who our dad is by loving each other well. Let's keep our love on. In a world that wants to build walls, be a bridge builder.